this morning as we open and worship as we sing about the lion and the lamb sing along with us today Roaring with power and fighting our battles 
sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Well, good morning. Welcome to Sunset Hills Baptist Church. It is so good to see you all here in the house of the Lord this morning. Are you happy to be here? Amen. There's no better place to be than with the church. Hey, if you are a guest with us for the first time and uh, you just walked in these doors for the first time, you're looking around, you're kind of thinking, well, what is all this? Uh, This is Sunset Hills, and we're so glad that you're with us this morning, and we hope you don't leave before we get a chance to say hi to you. Uh, We have a welcome desk out in the lobby. We hope you stop, and one of our people there will take care of you so we can uh, serve your family this week. It's so good to see the church here this morning. And if you're watching on our live stream, we're really excited that you've uh, chosen to join with us as well. And we... uh, Man, it's just so good to see all of us here together in the house of the Lord this morning. We got some exciting things that we're going to be talking about this morning. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Kelly to, to talk about those. Hey, you guys may be seated. I'm going to be a couple of minutes here at least. This is that time of the year where uh, we get the honor, the bittersweet honor of recognizing some of our graduates. And... Um, it's become less bittersweet over the years because we've realized that our graduates, they just keep coming back. So after they graduate, they keep coming back. We've got a, a couple here this morning. So uh, that, that has made this transition even sweeter and nicer. But uh, I want to take a moment and honor a couple of our seniors uh, that are graduating here and moving on to some, uh, some bigger, bigger things in life, at least a different chapter. Uh, we're going to get started with Miss Ashlyn Vosine. And um, got a picture coming up of her here, a before and present picture. Ashlyn's graduating from Green Hill High School. Uh, She attended Nashville School of the Arts, playing violin and first chair in the orchestra. Uh, She transferred to Green Hill High School her junior year, uh, 
Um, she's been on the honor roll for all four years of high school. She's planning on attending the University of Chattanooga and plans on majoring in nursing and minoring in biology. Ashlyn, if you'll stand so everyone can see your beautiful face. You can, you can go ahead and take a seat there. Uh, we're, we're still gonna brag on you a little more. So uh, one of the really neat things about student ministry is our team is made up of, um, of a very diverse group of, of leaders and adults. And uh, so it never fails that when students come into student ministry that they tend to gravitate towards a personality. Um, and sometimes it's not always the same personality. And so we're, we're good with that because we're all heading in the same direction on the same bus here. And um, Ashlyn very quickly rose to the very top uh, of the Ivy family household uh, in importance. And uh, so David has asked that he come up and uh, just take a moment. He wants to share a little bit about Ashlyn there, David. So I'm not gonna tell a lot of stories about Ashlyn who's been a part of our family for a little over a year. And just like another daughter to, the, to Sarah and me. But I'm going to share my favorite moment, favorite memory that I probably will have until I start forgetting stuff. So last summer at youth camp, our last night, uh, with uh, Pastor David talking, and he gave the kids an opportunity to make a decision on if they were ready to establish a relationship with God, if they wanted to talk about it, if they weren't ready. And I'm standing in the back, and Ashlyn turns around, I'm like, no, Lord, please, don't let her come back here. I'm not ready for that, because I'm going to do this. She came back, we had a, a little chat, and she wanted to start that journey. And it's, it's a journey that lasts a lifetime, and I'm one of those many examples of how you you're not always going to be on that path, but God will always be there reaching out for you. And you've got, a, you've got one angel that is really pulling for you every single day, and she's going to help you just stay in that faith and, and let it come to you and grow with it. But we love you. Okay. So that evening that David's referring to, um, Sarah had brought Ashlyn to me and said, hey, Ashlyn's got some questions. She wants to talk about some things. And so on that Thursday evening, um, I think David made it very clear, but Ashlyn made the decision that Thursday to ask Jesus into her heart to be her Lord and Savior. And she said, Pastor Kelly, I don't understand it all. Matter of fact, I don't understand a lot of it, but I know that this is the direction I want to start heading. And uh, so we, we prayed and, and uh, she made that decision. And so we, we're super proud of her. And it doesn't surprise me that she's going into nursing because uh, she has one of the most caring hearts that you'll ever, ever meet. So thank you, Ashley. Our next graduate is Mr. Douglas Ford. There we go. Douglas is graduating from Lighthouse Christian School. He served both as student government and class president He's also a member of the National Honor Society of High School Scholars. He's played soccer and football, also serving as co-captain of both teams and being selected to be a part of the All-American team in football. 
He'll be attending Carson Newman University in the fall on an academic scholarship to major in political science, pre-law, and minor in communications. Douglas Ford. I want you guys to remember this face because um, one of his ambitions is li in life is to be your president of the United States. Uh, when he first told me, yeah, that's right. When he first told me, I said, really? And he said, really? And uh, so we need more godly men uh, in the White House. So I'll tell you, I'm super excited about that possibility. Um, I remember the first time meeting Douglas and his family, and I knew right away that we needed Douglas in our student ministry. Um, there's a personality test that a lot of people take when they're entering into uh, jobs and things. And I took that test a long time ago. And the test, it pairs you with different animal um, traits. And so the lion is a leader, golden retriever is dependable, the beaver is sacrificing. Uh, but Douglas was my man because he was the otter, which is a party waiting to happen. And that's right. And we needed a little more of that in student ministry. And so we were super excited when the Fords decided to be a part of Sunset Hills. Douglas is a good mix of, of them all, but he has a lot more otter in him than anything else. In baseball, there's a role known as the cleanup batter. Um, he's the guy, typically the strongest batter, who bats fourth to bring all the players home. He's a home run hitter, a game changer. Douglas has been known on several occasions to be that guy. A couple of years ago at camp, um, he ate a whole can of sardines to bring his team the victory. <laughs> He's quick to pray, quick to read scripture, um, or speak wisdom into a difficult situation. I've seen him do that over and over. I remember one evening, he had gone with me to an event in Lebanon. And on our way back, my alternator suddenly went out and left us stranded on the side of the road. Douglas reminded me that his dad, dad's work wasn't far from there and that he would be glad to come and rescue us. So we tried as best we could to get the vehicle off to the side of the road so that we weren't gonna be an obstacle. And quickly, um, as we were moving the vehicle, this redneck country fellow shows up. It seemed like he came from the bushes. I don't remember, Douglas. Um, he had a, a wife beater and a, a cut-off pair of jean shorts. And he uh, said in a real loud voice, Hey, guys, y'all need some help? And uh, Douglas's eyes got a big around as half dollars. And quickly, I don't know where it came from, but quickly he produced um, a screwdriver and was holding it like a prison shank. <laughs> which alarmed me. And so um, I wanted to make sure that I uh, was close to a plan B in case I needed that. And um, the guy saw the fear in our faces. He began to exhibit fear. We thought we might be fighting for our lives. And I believe that this guy thought he was about to be robbed by a couple of young, young upstarts here. Uh, so luckily, shortly after that, Kent arrived and kind of diffused the whole situation and uh, got us squared away. I want to share one more quick story. Um, I remember one evening um, last year, I got a call from Kent, Douglas's dad, the day before camp was about to start. 
And he shared with me that one of Douglas's friends had a very serious disagreement with his parents and had unexpectedly shown up with his bags at their home, at Douglas's home. His call was to say that Douglas may not be able to go to camp. Quickly, Douglas corrected him and said, no, I'm going to camp. So through more conversation and prayer, we decided that his friend, Emmanuel, could also come to camp and that it would probably be good for him. That week, our students fell in love with Emmanuel and Emmanuel fell in love with the Jesus in them. And on that same Thursday night that Ashlyn gave her life to the Lord, Emmanuel asked to invite Jesus into his heart as well. I share the story as a reminder that God also recognizes Douglas as the cleanup batter. Both Ashlyn and Emmanuel have a hope for eternity because of the influence of Douglas Ford. So, Douglas, we thank you. And we have one last surprise bonus graduate. She's not aware, but I just want to celebrate Lacey. Lacey currently teaches fifth and sixth grade ELA at Rose Park Magnet Middle School in Metro Nashville. She serves as both team lead and STEAM lead, and recently she was chosen to be Teacher of the Year. Lacey graduated on May 6, 2022 from Carson Newman University with her Master's of Education with an emphasis as a reading specialist with a 4.0. Lacey, we congratulate you as well. Stand so everyone can see you. Congratulate all of our, our graduates. Thank you guys. Stand as we continue to worship the one who made all that possible. As we sing friend of God. Hear me when I call. 
stand with us this morning. God Almighty. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. God Almighty.
and shield me. Thou wilt find a solace there. In his arms will take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Pray with me this morning. Lord, we just thank you, God, that we have a place that we can go. God, when our hearts are heavy and heavy laden, God, that we can lay those burdens at the, for the cross and that, God, you are strong enough to take those burdens and make them your own, God. God, as we enter into this time of spoken worship, Lord, I love today's message. God, if there's one here that just needs a reminder of, Lord, why? Why you love us? Even though, God, that we go through difficult trials and tribulations, God, we've never lived a day on this earth unloved. God, we just thank you for that. We're so grateful today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I, too, want to offer my congratulations to our graduates, you guys. Proud of you guys and your work and reaching this milestone in your lives. And may God bless you as you go into the next phase for those that are going into college. And Lacey, I'm proud of you for your work in education. Thank you for serving in an inner city school and being a light to those people who need that light. So thank you for your work there. There are many reasons as to why I love the church of family of Sunset Hills. And one of those that ranks near the top is the fact that we are a multi-generational church, meaning that we have every generation represented within our church family. And because we do, there are many who have called Sunset Hills their church home for many, many years some as many as 70 plus years who have been faithfully attending our church for all this time. I myself will have been a member of our church for 50 years come this November. That means that, as I, that I became a part of what was known then as Radnor Baptist or Sunset Hills when I was in high school. So travel back with me to those years uh, for a moment as I tell you about one of my very good friends from our youth ministry days. When my dad came to become the pastor of our church in 1972, there were many families that uh, grew, grew, we grew very close to. And that many of those families were very similar to ours in the church, meaning that those families had several children in them. The Ryan family was one of those that had uh, uh, more kids in that family than what the Durhams did. There were four in our family, and there were five in the Ryan family. Uh, and all of those, uh, except for one who's an older sister to the Ryans, uh, all the rest of them were pretty much our ages. And, and so our families uh, really came together and became very close friends as we did with many other families in the church. And often students from our youth group would go to each other's homes 
And when we did, we would always sit around and we would sing songs. Now, let me take you back a few years. If you were, grew up in the 70s, you will remember these songs like, It Only Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going. Let me see, how many of you remember that song? There's about five of us or so. And no, there's a few more. And then there was another one that we always sang, He's Everything to Me. Anybody remember that song? There's a few of you. In the stars, you know it. You weren't even thought of then, were you? He goes, in the stars is handiwork I see. Ah, oh, forget it. You don't mean to sing it, do you? As many of those g gatherings, Gary Ryan, or Gary, my good friend, would play his guitar and sing another song of the early 70s that was written and made famous by Chris Christopherson called Why Me, Lord? Now, I've invited my longtime friend, longtime Nolensville resident, longtime church member, Gary Ryan, to come and sing this song as an introduction to my sermon this morning. Gary, would you please come and would you welcome Gary as he comes and sings?
hold it just a minute. Go hold it. Now, it wouldn't really be old times unless me and you did it, all right? I'll do the tenor and you do the uh, lead, all right? And y'all back us up. Y'all back us up back there, all right? Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm wasted, it's so help me, Jesus. I know what I am. My soul's in your hand Jesus, my soul's in your hand oh, Lord. We'll be appearing over at the elementary school this next Friday night He wrote the song, Why Me, Lord? Chris Christopherson, as I said, wrote this song after he attended a religious service by the pastor Jimmy Rogers Snow. That goes back a few years as well when he would have a show or a religious uh, service on WSM after the Grand Ole Opry. I think it was on Maybe Friday nights, I can't remember for sure. As Chris Christopherson said, he explained that the pastor asked, Is there anyone feeling lost? Up goes my hand, Christopherson said. The pastor followed up by asking if Christopherson was ready to accept Christ <clears throat> into his life. He goes on, he says, I'm kneeling here. And I carried a big load of guilt around. And I was just out of control crying. It was a release. He goes on to say, it really shook me up. And later he would go home and he would write that song. We've been in a series for the past several weeks exploring the questions of why God? Why questions? Why God? And this song asks a pertinent question. And in other ways, it says, why would God love someone like me? Christopherson was writing that about himself. Why would God take the time to, to love someone like me? Why me, Lord? I don't know if you've ever considered this question or not, but many people have just as he has and as he did. And just maybe you've not uh, settled that uh, question in your mind for yourself or maybe you're facing that right now. Why would God love me? Even if you haven't, I really believe you should seriously consider asking yourself that question from time to time. Why does God love someone like me? We've heard that God loves us all of our lives. We're familiar with the John 3:16 passage and practically everyone in here most likely can quote that, that uh, scripture, for God so loved, and we go on and we say it all. The truth of, uh, is that none of us, 
deserve God's love. At best, we're like filthy rags before a holy God. And when you stop and think about mankind in general, we're not all that lovable. Really? It's true. We have really made a real mess of the world that we live in. When you think of all the bitterness, the selfishness, the greed, the violence, the hatred. Even last night we heard about another mass shooting in New York. We see all of this and we really come to the understanding, regardless of what we think about ourselves, all of us have a nature that is rotten. And what is rotten in us is called sin, the old sinful desires of the flesh. And even though we believe, I'm talking about us as the church now, even though we believe in the Lord Jesus and trust in Him to save us, we still have something rotten that affects us and how we choose to live. That old man of sin still struggles to gain control of our lives, and often in many ways, we don't even think it's wrong. We just go along with it. It isn't a pretty picture. And we try to ignore the truth, and we convince ourselves that we are not really all that bad as we look around and we see others in this world, we say, well, we're not that bad. You know, I could spend a lot of time talking just how corrupt we really are, even for us as Christians. But down deep, we know that there is much rotten about us. We just aren't that good. When we are compared to a sinless Jesus and a holy God. So you may consider, when you really get down to the crux of it, and we look at ourselves in comparison to who Jesus is and who a holy God is, we may really get down to it and say, why would God love someone as filthy as me? If you've ever been caught in a trap that God couldn't love you because you're just too bad or too stupid, or uh, you're not alone. Many in the Bible have been at the same place that you have been. Let me just name a few. Do you remember this about Isaiah? In Isaiah chapter 6, he says, I saw the Lord high and exhausted, seated on a throne. All the angels were around him, and they were calling out to the one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah is standing there, and he sees all of this, and he says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. You know what he's saying? He says, I am filthy, but for the Lord. And I, have a live, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim fly to me with a live coal in his hands, which he had taken from the, uh, with tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. It's a picture of just how unworthy Isaiah finds himself. 
Yet another man in the Old Testament that we actually talked about last week was Job. Do you remember anything about Job from last week? He was actually a pretty good fellow. He was blameless. He was upright. He feared God, and he turned from evil. When Job actually saw the Lord, look at what he said in, in later in the book in chapter 42. He says, my ears have heard of you, but now I see my eyes have seen you. Watch what he does. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and action, ashes. See how filthy he sees himself before God? Paul had similar thoughts about himself. He expressed them in many places. 1 Corinthians 15 is 9. He didn't say that he was one of the best of, of the apostles, even though he had much uh, credit to what he was able to do. What he actually declares is, for I am the least of the apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He had stood there witnessing the stoning of Stephen. He knew that he had actually killed Christ's followers. And perhaps that was, that's why he said of himself, I'm the least, I'm the lowest, I'm the worst. Over and over again. You can almost hear him wondering, how could God love someone like me who had done so much persecution to his people? And then there's Peter. You know, it's awfully easy to pick on Peter. There are many occasions when Peter does things that must have made Peter wonder how could Jesus love him. One is recorded in Luke 5 when Jesus told Peter to put the boat out a little further into the, from the shore. He says, let's go fishing. And Peter replies, you know what, Jesus, we worked hard. We worked all night. We've been out fishing already, and now you're telling us to go out there again? But Peter begrudgingly does it. He, he moves the boat out. And you know what happens? He caught many fish, so many fish that the nets were breaking. And then the Bible says this about Peter. When Simon Peter, Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I'm sure the most telling time when Peter wondered how could Jesus love him was when he denied Jesus three times. Yet, God loved each and every one of these who are examples from the Bible. In fact, in the daily life of Jesus, he showed his love for some of the most despicable people of the day. Jesus loved, listen to this, Jesus loved the tax collectors. Jesus loved the demon-possessed. Jesus loved the prostitute. Jesus loved a woman caught in adultery. Jesus loved a thief. Jesus loved a murderer. Jesus loved lepers. Jesus loved the wayward son who squandered his inheritance. Jesus loved the deniers. Jesus loved those who abandoned him. Jesus loved the soldiers who did terrible and horrible things to him, eventually putting him to death. And the list goes on and on and on of whom Jesus loves. So whoever you add to that list from the Bible, you can rest assured that they were the recipient of the love of Jesus. And whatever modern-day title you want to put on a person today, Jesus loves them 
to the addicted to drugs or to alcohol, those who are addicted to porn or prescription meds, whatever, Jesus loves you. The gossiper, Jesus loves you too. The family member sitting in a jail cell, Jesus loves them also. The backslider, the never-believer, the atheist, the Democrats and the Republicans, Jesus loves them also. God loves whom? The world. All the people of the world, of all nationalities, of all colors, of all education, and all character. Let me ask you this. Do you remember the story of Homer? Uh, I'm, Homer I'm putting two, two names together. Hosea and Gomer. We'll just call them Homer, you know. Maybe their last names were Homer. Ho Hosea Homer and Gomer Homer, you know. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You remember that story? It's a wonderful story of the prophet Hosea and his wife Gomer. And God used that real relationship to illustrate the steadfast love that God has for people who are very fickle for this woman. An unfaithful woman married to this remarkable guy. Gomer hopped from one lover to another, and in the process, she ruins her life, and she shatters Hosea's heart. She became destitute and was placed for sale in a slave market. Remember who stepped forward to buy her back? It was Hosea, and the Bible says this, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another and is an adulteress, love her, watch this, love her as the Lord loved, loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. It's a perfect example of how God loves even when we turn away from him. And the Bible is full of Scripture where God declares His love for us. He, 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 God describes Himself this way in Psalm 103.8. The Lord is compassionate. Read it with me. And gracious, slow to anger. What's the last part? Abounding in love. Isn't that amazing? An amazing way that God characterizes himself more than anything else is his love. It's abounding. That's who he is. God is love. And here's something really cool about it. His love, it's not temporary. It's not conditional. I mean, we're all used to that, aren't we? I'll love you as long as, or if you'll do this, his love is everlasting. His love is eternal. Jeremiah 33 says this, God, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you how with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I've loved you. With what kind of love? Everlasting. God draws us with what? Unfailing kindness. I like how the message puts that. God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. He loves us all right now. 
Regardless of how broken we are, how sinful we are, how lost we are, how found we are, He loves us, period. And the cool thing about that is that includes you and me, all of us. The truth is, we don't deserve His love. We're not worthy to be loved by God. The amazing thing is about God's love is this. It has nothing to do with us deserving His love. Our love for Him is made possible because of His love for us. God doesn't give us, uh, God gives us what we least deserve. That's called grace. And God withholds what we do deserve, and that's called mercy. So that means I don't have to earn His love. There's nothing I can do to earn His love. And there's nothing I can do to repay all the love that He has given to me. Uh, as the song goes, how can I repay all I've taken from you? There's nothing I can do that will repay His love that He has for me. I cannot out-love God or His love for me. And He loves me even though I may not understand it completely. I may not understand just why. It is wonderful to know that God loves us. 1 John 3, 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are? You say, well, yeah, but... We often do that, don't we? We, we, we read God's Word, and then we start this, yeah, but business. You don't know what I've done wrong or what I'm doing wrong right now. You don't know what I did wrong last night or the thoughts that I thought yesterday. You, you don't know all of that, and I've got this problem. Can I tell you this? That God's love covers that. It covers it. Here's what Romans 5, 8 says. I probably have used this verse more than any other verse in all my preaching time. But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still, what? Sinners. What did He do? He, Christ died for us. Because He is love, He became one of us, and He shed His blood to cover our sin. So anything that you think you've done wrong, anything that you think that you're doing wrong right now, anything that, th that you think is separating you from the love of God, it's been covered by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that you can do that will ever place you outside of God's love for you. Here's what Romans says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
And he goes on to say this as if it's another punctuation point. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else, anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can't we say amen to that? It's an amazing thing, this love of God. You know, as much as I like that song that Gary sang, as much as it brings back such great memories of a lot of kids gathering on the back deck of the Ryan's home on Brewer Drive back in the day, or down in a basement of the parsonage or in a place called his house that the youth had uh, on the church property on Nolan's Road. As much as it brings back those memories of singing that song, there's a problem with it, really. You see, Chris Christopherson never really gets around to answering the question, Why me, Lord? There's a very simple answer to Chris's question. Why could God love him? Why could God love us? Because God loves you. That's really how simple it is. There's another songwriter, Frederick M. Lehman, who wrote a hymn that talks about the love of God. It's got to be one of my all-time favorites. I'd sing it for you, but uh, I've, I've done enough singing for the day. But it goes like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell, can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole through the stretch stretched those stretched from sky to sky O love of God how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. If you leave with something today, I hope you leave with this. God loves you. And in the end, we don't have to fully understand why it is that God loves us. To be able to accept and benefit from His love. 
We just have to accept it. Just, he freely gives it, and we accept it. God loves you. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? The words of that beautiful hymn. How rich and pure the love of God is. How measureless and strong. We can't really fully understand that until we place ourselves in a position of looking how pure, how faultless Jesus is. And when we compare ourselves to Him, we're filthy, despicable, undeserving. And yet, Jesus still loves us. No matter how tattered and torn, no matter any stains that are there, no matter how many scars are present, Jesus looks beyond that. And He sees us for who we are, who He wants us to become. And He loves us. He loves us. And He demonstrated this by giving the ultimate sacrifice of His life. You want to know how much we're loved by Jesus? All we have to do is look at the cross. You want to know how it is that we can know that God loves us? All we have to do is look at Jesus and how He demonstrated His love even while we didn't deserve it. Thank you, God, for your love. It is measureless, strong. It is rich and pure. It is beyond comprehension. It is greater than any love that we've ever experienced, except for yours. Father, I pray that each one of us would know without a doubt of how loved we are by you. There's someone here, Father, that today they may be asking themselves the question, God, how can you love me? I pray they'll just set that that question aside and just come to the fact of realization that you love us no matter what. And it would be settled in that. There's one here that's not, Father. I pray that today they will, they would just rest in your presence.
and seek you out and discover that love that you have for them. moment we're going to have a time of response a time of invitation and I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things first I'm going to ask if you're here today and you've never made Jesus made uh, him your Savior and Lord you've been thinking about it for a while and I'm going to ask that you just do it just surrender your life to, to Christ acknowledge that you are a sinner Acknowledge that you needed a Savior and that you believe Jesus came to die on the cross to save you from your sins. You confess those sins and you ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to come into your heart. If you've never done that, if you just pray that, that prayer, a very simple prayer, something close to what I said, then Christ comes to live in your heart. And you experience the greatest love that it could ever be known to mankind. I'm also going to ask that if you're here today and you're wondering about that question, that either here in this altar or there in your seat, you just pray, Lord, I have questioned that. Would you show your love to me? Would you make it real? in a way that I know I'm surrounded by it. And then another thing I'm going to ask you to do if you're here and you say, well, I've, I've, I've taken care of my salvation. Everything's good. And I know that God loves me. There's no question about it. And everything's good there. Then I'm going to ask you to do this. Picture someone in your mind that you know that they themselves are questioning why would God love me and no doubt there's someone in your mind in your, in your sphere of influence that, that you know they're wondering how could God love them and I ask you just to say a prayer for them right now if there's some business that you want to take care of in this altar I'm encouraging you and inviting you to come and do it now as we stand and as we sing Oh how he loves you and me
all sing this as a prayer to our Heavenly Father. Oh, how He loves you and me. He gave His life. What more could He give? Oh, how He loves you. Oh, how He loves me. Father, I just pray that as we leave this place in a few minutes, if the old devil tries his best to try to say, well, you're not worthy of God's love. You don't deserve it. You're just too nasty and too dirty. That the words of the song, the sweet melody would come up into our minds and we would burst out in song on our lips. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. And we just allow the Holy Spirit to come in and affirm the love that you have for us that there would be nothing that would be able to penetrate that, that, that assurance of your love for us. For that's how we have it. That's who we are. Your children that you love. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, please. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.